gets inside, leans in, knocked away and stolen by Holiday. Now up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. To Curry, way down top. This the dagger. This kind of sick. Zion's gonna want out soon. Here's the thing, I don't think the front office of that organization, of that New Orleans organization, knows what the heck they're doing. What can I say? Mamba out. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. I am your host, Josh Reunangst, and we're coming back after the All-Star break, and it it was interesting to say the least. We're going to talk about the All-Star break. We're going to talk about the All-Star weekend, rather. And we're just going to talk about some news, but then I got something huge to talk about, but that's going to come in a minute. Uh, if you guys have not been seeing recent episodes, that's because I've been either sick or something has just come up. But I'm officially back. I'll tell you a week or two off. It's like the craziest sickness either. It affected me for four or five days. Then my voice was pretty much eh. Then I'm back. Okay, so that was just a very odd sickness. Something I was really not hoping for or expecting. But anyways, we're back. 8 a.m. is going to be our normal schedule going throughout, as everyone already knows. Um, Big updates real quick. Before I get to the social media end, I want to talk about my YouTube channel real quick. Of course, he writes been around for a very long time now. Um, remember, guys, we're going to be uploading every single day. But, but. Tuesday and Saturday will be the 2K content days. So if you guys want to chill and just watch 2K content, uh, Tuesday and Saturdays are going to be the biggest days. So those are going to be the two big days. Then Friday nights will be a live stream night of either an NBA game or of a 2K game. Right, so um, while I'm going to have like Tuesday or Saturday be regular content, for 2K live stream will be on Friday night. Big, uh, pretty much the biggest nights for me live streaming. So I'm gonna do on Friday night. I'm gonna be versing a lot of people. So I'm gonna be super hyped up on that. It will be starting this Friday night. More to come on that throughout the week. Um, you know where to find us on social media. You have Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all those good places. Twitter.com slash CourtsayHeat, Instagram.com slash CourtsayHeatNBA, and Facebook.com slash CourtsideHeat. Uh, YouTube is also CourtsayHeat. Just search it and you will find it right then and there. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about. I want to recap the All-Star Weekend. I want to talk about some of the new signings. And I want to talk about the Phoenix Suns and how Kevin Durant is impacted. And how Kevin Durant impacts the Phoenix Suns. Because not only are you going to be hearing my take, but I got confirmation from, at, from Matt Ishbia himself on what kind of impact Durant will have with the Suns and how that will affect their chances of winning a championship. So stick to, uh, stick around for that. I have his comments coming up. That'll be towards the later of this show, but I do not have many things breaking news right now. So we're just going to get to that. So with that being said, I'm on our social media. I have no really big announcements. And I think one of the biggest things we have to talk about is Giannis Antetokounmpo. 
And I don't know if you guys were keeping up with last Thursday, then this past Sunday, about Giannis Antetokounmpo and his wrist. Well, he only played 20 seconds in the All-Star game. And to say the least, in those 20 seconds, he got a bucket and a foul. Only playing 20 seconds, Team Giannis was fouled while getting the win behind Jason Tatum, who had a very, very impressive night. He had a record-breaking time at All-Star Weekend. I'm going to get to that in a bit, but no, Giannis Antetokounmpo left the All-Star game after only playing 20 seconds in the game, scoring two points and committing one foul due to his wrist injury. Before the game, Antetokounmpo publicly said he was only going to play as long as his wrist could handle it. Um, I believe he was seen with wrist bandages on his right wrist, so... There was a lot. So Sunday, Sunday night, early Monday morning, there was a lot of speculation. A lot of autism and uh, optimism and speculation on, well, could Giannis be fine or could Giannis not be fine? But many people are like, well, maybe it's not that big because they're just, it's an all-star game. It meant nothing. It was a glorified light blind. There, there's no need to get anyone else hurt. Well, more upon Giannis. So, you had that game against the Bulls on Thursday. That's when Giannis first started having the wrist injury, but it wasn't considered major. Good news is, is that it's not major. So, the Bucks did avoid a massive blow to their superstar when reports came back of him only suffering a sprain and ligament in his right wrist. Nothing major happened. I can't tell you how how incredible that truly is, because there there could have been damage there, especially the way he was holding it. Yeah, especially the way he was holding it, because especially when you know with wrist, it it can be damaging, and because you have all these different severities of wrist injuries, you can have the low ones, medium ones, the high ones, the very high ones. And right now, it's looking like he's not going to miss much time. He's not going to be missing weeks on end. When the pain subsides, that's when he's going to be able to return to play on the court. Right now, it's looking like Giannis is just going to be slow rolling it. He's not going to try to push it. If he has to miss a game or two, it looks like that's what's going to be advised to him. And just the team's going to have to play without him. And the team's been fine, right? <laughs> They also have a few. They also have a few more days because the season does not resume until Thursday. So you have two more days of of rest and recovery. So with all things being considered, not the worst in the world that it happened this past Thursday. And then you play twenty seconds in the game, right? When you're really talking about it, when you really break it down, it's like, oh, well, nothing really bad happened. And the Bucks can hold their own because, like I've said, they've played without Giannis before. Right now, the Bucks are second in the East. They're 41-17, a game, and I'm sorry, half a game behind the Celtics for first. That first, a first to third is really close. It's only separating everyone by three games. Well, no, I'm going to say that. First to fourth, because only by five games. So Celtics, Bucks, Seven Sixers, and Cavaliers are all fighting for that first spot. Even though I, I almost think it's going to be Celtics or Bucks ultimately taking it. I think they'll Celtics to lock it in. 
The Bucks are 10-0 in their last 10. I think that's super, I just think that's super cool. And they also beat the Celtics in overtime, if you remember on that February 14th game, that Valentine's Day game. So, the Bucks going to be fine. I wouldn't stress much about it. If nothing major happened and it was just a slight sprain, he's just going to let the pain calm down. And then he's going to be able to play. It's not the worst thing in the world. Look, he was going to get a little management anyways. He was going to get time off. Yes, you do not want your star player being injured, but it's not the worst injury in the world. It's just not. Uh, we have no more updates about LeBron James for when he went out starting the second half of that All-Star game. They said, uh, LeBron said he was going to be fine. No one's really making a big deal of this. So as far as I know and everyone else knows, LeBron James is fine. There's like no timetable on him. It just looked like he banged up his wrist and that's all. So, with that being said, um, that's, that's all I got for the All-Star game when it comes to injuries. Now, I want to get to something else that concerns the Bucks. And something else that concerns the Bucks would be a signing that they made, a 10-day contract signing. And it's no other it's no other else than Myers Leonard. I don't know if you guys remember Myers Leonard. He's four years old, but he got um pretty much I, I don't know what the right word is, but he was removed from the NBA. Well, technically not, but he was um waived. So what happened was he said anti-Semitic oh, I can't speak on anti-semitism okay i can't say the last word my apologies but he said a slur that was hateful even though he had no con uh, he had no clue on what the word meant he was still fined for suspended and ultimately seek counseling from two rabbis and after you're recovering from injury and a, a year on reflecting on what he said and the impact of that the Bucks are now giving a chance. They were monitoring him for the past year. So over the past year, they're monitoring him on the injury, on his progress, on learning the impact of what he said, whether he knew or not is irrelevant, just that he said it. And I seen it happen during a Call of Duty live stream. Um, but yeah, if you guys do not really know who... Yeah, anti-Semitic. That's how you say it. Anti-Semitic slur. Um, I apologize. I cannot speak today. It's been a long day already. Anyways. But if you guys really don't know who he is, that's him and what happened recently. He hasn't played since 2020. So, take that as you will. Last time he played a game was back in 2020. I think it was during the bubble. He only played three games. Three points. Two rebounds in nine minutes. He definitely is not um, impressive by any stretch of the imagination. Last time he had over eight points per game was back in 2015. So take that as you will. But the reason why the Bucks are giving him that 10-day contract is because they're in need of a big man that has a shooting ability and that has playoff experience. And those are the two main reasons why they're signing him. So, not the biggest move in the world. Um, they're not. Um, they're not uh, just a club and confusion. They're not doing that because of Giannis. They were always looking at that need because that was a need that they were looking at during the trade online, bio market, just in general. 
So they're filling a need. They're going to see if that need is filled by Myers Leonard because who knows? The rust could just be too severe and they do not want to grab a second 10-day contract or sign up for the remainder of this season. So with that being said, because the uh, bio market only goes to March 1st because that's when the players eligible to still go on a playoff team. So March 1st, keep down your guys' brain um, as I'll be doing the same. March 1st, end of the bio market and end of the eligibility of a player who can make it onto a playoff squad. Because I know another contract buy happened. It was between the Wizards and Will Barn. You knew that was going to be happening. He finally completed it earlier today. I have it on my Twitter, twitter.com slash courtsideheat. But there's been a lot of rumblings for the buyout market. A lot of big names. But most recently, I'm just going to throw out a few things. The Magic, are they were waving RJ Hampton. I don't know if many of you guys remember RJ Hampton. He's certainly not a household name, but he was somebody on the line of Magic. He was 22 years old. His stats were not impressive, say at least. He's been in the league since 2020. It's funny. He was drafted by Orlando, traded in the same season as Denver, that ultimately went back to Orlando. He's been having some pretty solid minutes. Started his career off 25, and now is playing 14 per, per game with 6 points and 1.5 Rebounds off a of 44% from the field. Not the world's worst in 14 minutes, but definitely not going to keep him around because he's just not beneficial in any way imaginable. He's got to remember, he had that four-year $11 million contract that was signed with the Denver Nuggets, and Denver's like, yeah, you know what, we're done. But look, he's going to be a free, he's actually going to be a free agent. In 2023, so uh, yeah, he's gonna yeah he's gonna be on yeah so this upcoming summer he's gonna be a free agent, unrestricted, and so if a team wants to sign him, they're just gonna have to sign him to long term. Huh. So nothing really significant there. Um, yeah. So not the most significant thing in the world, but yes, the Magic were making some moves. And they're waving R.J. Hampton. Now, the Wizards plan to convert Jordan Goodwin to a standard NBA contract. Again, he's not a household name, but Jordan Goodwin has been a good rotation player as he's been averaging 6-3-2 and two in 18 minutes per game this season. That came out like a few hours ago. But... The Wizards are another team making moves happening, which is not really a shocker because they were going to make moves to save regardless because of Will Barn. So that's just their second move. And it's going to be very, I'm very interested to see which team he goes to. Currently, I do not know. I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Nuggets tried getting him again. I don't know if there will be a reunion there, but he's definitely going to a puff team, obviously. Just that team, I'm not too sure. But I'm going to keep you guys posted on that. The Jazz, they're signing Chris Dunn to a 10-day contract. I've talked a lot about Chris Dunn on the show before, especially when I, he was a Chicago Bull. And I, was he a Laker? I think he was a Laker. No, he, no, he was a Chicago Bull. He's played for 
the Timberwolves, Bulls, Hawks, and Portland. Now he's going to be playing for the Jazz. Uh, just a small move. He's still getting a lot of playing time despite being an average player. But he went back in 2016 as the fifth overall pick. So he is having a bust of a career if there were such a thing for fifth overall picks. Right? Because normally, you when you're able to bust, you win first overall. But, yeah. So it's one of those things. So those were the small moves that were being made today. Nothing jumping out of... Just jumping. Right? Um, now, I want to go back to injuries for a second. Because this did happen earlier today. I don't know how many of y'all saw it. But the Bulls are expected to shut down all the ball for the remainder of the season. Look, that was the easiest decision anyone can make. Why? Because of his knee. When you're feeling pain in your knee and you can't run for an extended period of time, that's bad. And launch a ball is just injury ridden, and it's sad, actually. Because what he could have been with the Bulls. Because this Bulls squad actually had some going for him until his injury started depleting him. So you could say the same about... Um, uh, Alex Caruso, but now, so Alonzo Ball is out for the remainder of the season. Just the pain and discomfort have persisted in Ball's knee. Uh, uh, his left knee following two surgeries at the beginning and end of 2022. So, that's just not good. And, it, it, yeah, it's been made official. And that, that hurts if you're Alonzo. You're the, you're the former second pick out of 2017. People saw you're going to finally turn around your career just for this to happen. Because he was a big part. That People don't realize how big of a part he actually played with the Pelicans. They going over and bent, himself, bent on himself with the Chicago Bulls. But in 2021, when he did play for Chicago in those 35 games, he had 34 minutes, 13 points, Five assists and five rebounds. Nothing extraordinary, but well, if you well, when you consider what he's getting paid, but I guess that's now just normal if you think about it. But this has been a very long recovery, and he's twenty five right now. For him to be twenty five and dealing with those knee issues, and he can't even run, that's not good. I'm not being a, a pessimist when I say that. It's just bad, and the problem is. He has such a huge contract, a four-year, $80 million deal, that he's not a free agent to 2025, I'm a free agent, but it hurts. Like, the Bulls are stuck with him. The Bulls are legit stuck with him. Next season's going to cost him $20 million, and then they have a player option for 2024-25. So the Bulls have no leverage here, unless somebody really wants him. But all that money is guaranteed. So, all $80 million is guaranteed. So, look, the money was guaranteed with the Pelicans. Then, when they shipped them off, it was like, oh, hey, you're here, buddy. Right? It was, it was one of those things. Because when the injuries came up, it's like, we really don't want to deal with it, but now they're dealing with it. So, it's very, very interesting. This is highest contract. First contract was for four years, $33 million. This is four years, $80 million. And what could have been? What could have been? He's sent a home making so much money. Guaranteed money. He's not pulling a John Wall, but it's, it's close. 
It's close. He's Lonzo Ball is probably next. Lonzo, um, Lonzo Ball is probably next. John Wall. When it comes to money and just sitting at home, and I'm pretty sure that these guys want to play. I'm not saying that, so don't please don't apply that. Please don't take it that way. But what I'm saying is, is that Lonzo Ball is going to be missing almost two full seasons. We're in 2023. He hasn't played since 2021. So if you go by years, and I get you break it down by month and when he actually last played. Look, it, it, it was it's almost coming up on two years. So that's tough. And you have another season or two of this. One more season if he does not want to come back on the player option. But to be honest, I don't know which team will want to pay him eighty plus million dollars guaranteed. Cause his production's nothing spectacular. It's really not if you think about it. It's it's medi it's mediocre. And that's not me just saying that. I'm just saying the truth. Cause if you think about it, you go to campaign who's playing twenty four minutes this season. Take this season. He's only played twenty eight games. But just compare this season to his twenty twenty one. Ready? In twenty four minutes he has twelve points, two rebounds, five assists, about forty one percent from the field. Okay, Alonso's out beating Payne just by a little bit. So we really do think about it. In Payne's 28, he doesn't have a huge contract. I'm looking at his contract right now. He's the 26th best paid player. So if you, if you really compare campaign Alonzo Ball by stats, because the same position, by stats and what they're getting paid, um... He's getting paid six million this season, next season. Understand that. So Alonzo Ball is a very mediocre basketball player when healthy, and when not healthy and injured like this, he's pretty much a bench warmer. I'm sorry if that offends anyone because they like the guy or not, but it's just the honest and cold-hearted truth. Now, something else. Involving the Bulls, and this is a very plus. This is a very plus. This is a plus. The Bulls are signing Patrick Beverly. So, you have Lonzo Ball. Yes, he's going down, but they need help at the point guard position. They need help fill that depth. What happens? They get the help, and they get Patrick Beverly. Um, I see it was per Patrick Beverly. He was deciding between the Warriors and the Bulls. Chicago was this whole time, so he's definitely going back. I think this is just going to be a contract just for the remainder of the season. That would be my bet. Best bet. That would be my guess. I've seen that's all they're getting out of him, really. Because contract details would have came out. It was like a multi-year deal, right? So it's just for the remainder of the season. But not a bad pickup. Patrick Beverly is good. He won the same day. He won yesterday. The same day that um, Russell Westbrook got picked up. I'm going to talk about that in a second, but really, it's an interesting pickup because they're using him for intensity. I'm sorry about the mic, but they're using him for intensity. So what do I mean? What I mean is that he's just going to be there to energize the uh, locker room. He's there just to energize and motivate the players and just make sure everyone's staying hyped. That's going to be his role. And it's actually a pretty meaningful role when you consider the skill set of Patrick Beverly. He can't do much besides motivate people and defend. So, when you when you put it that way, he has a pretty meaningful role. 
And there's no shot towards him, right? He's a good he's a good defender, but that's all. So for him, that's a very good role. The Bulls have another point guard, a technically a point guard. They have another guard, and he's back in his hometown, which is very, very interesting. Now, speaking of Russell Westbrook, he signed with the Los Angeles Clippers, and the Bulls actually had interest in Westbrook. They were going to try to sign Westbrook, but then when Westbrook wanted to go to the Clippers, their last option, or their next option, was Patrick Beverly. So I find that very interesting for anyone that had not heard that interesting tidbit yet. But yeah, so Russell Westbrook signs with the Clippers. He had a lot of interest. I know the Suns are rumored around. I know the Bulls, one of them, obviously. But, it's very interesting. Um, I've been talking about... Talking about, I've been talking about Westbrook for a while now, because I was talking about how Westbrook could be something huge. What do I mean by that? What I mean by is that he could have been something huge for the Clippers, right? That the Clippers wanted him, Paul George wanted him. I say Marquise Morris wanted him. So guys wanted him. He was going to be main with Kawhi and PG thirteen. So. Many people were like, oh, okay, Clippers, because after John Wall got got pretty much booted to his side, which we all knew was gonna happen, so everyone's like, that's gonna be he's gonna be picked up immediately. Then when that did not happen, like, oh, is he gonna go to a different team? So the reason why the deal took a little longer was due to the Clippers wanting Russell Westbrook to go into a very specific role regarding his toughness, rebounding, and playmaking. Which ultimately makes sense, but my goodness, I've been talking about I've been talking about Russell Westbrook to the Clippers for forever. Like I'm looking at one of my last tweets on February 11th, saying that the Clippers, I believe, are the number one team to sign with Russell Westbrook. I know there are other teams that are interested, but the Clippers possess the number one spot for the most likely landing destination. John Wall is gone. Time to get Russ. Yeah, I, I didn't even buy the eighth. So I've been on the Russ Westbrook to Los Angeles Clippers train for a very, very long time. Or at least, okay, fine. The past two, three weeks, right? But it's finally confirmed that the Clippers are signing Russell Westbrook. It's finally confirmed. I think we all knew. There was always that feeling that a deal was going to come together with LA needing a little more depth and ultimately replacing John Wall. And for Westbrook, he doesn't need to leave LA. Jazz released him, or Jazz waved him, and now look at that. He is with, he is with his desired team. He's with the Clippers. It was actually pretty fun. I was looking at that. They're betting odds to, I think it was when the championship actually decreased. It went from plus 1,100 to plus 1,200. So it actually went negative. Wait, that's actually funny to me. I said, that's funny to me. For whatever reason, that's funny. I get it that people don't see the inherent value of Westbrook on the LA Clippers, but in my no means am I a fan of him. I'm not. But still. I can appreciate him, and I think he's going to add tremendous value to the team. If anyone was asking my professional opinion, 
he's obviously going to add um, talent and stuff to the team. I think ultimately we're going to see Russell Westbrook use his toughness. He's going to be able to score a bit, yes, but the team's going to rely upon his playmaking. If you get in our playmaker, this team has become more complete. It's just beyond rebounders and shooters. Because, you remember, they picked the Bones Highland. They have those guys. They have those pieces. John Wall was temporary. Now Russell Westbrook is, I'm not saying the final piece, but he was one of the final pieces to make this team more whole, more secure. Which ultimately makes sense. Because you're like, hey, why not add him? You're able to insert him in this role. And they're probably going to get him a starting role. Because they've said that, hey, we're going to give Russ Westbrook a strong role, just not right now. So they're finding a spot for him, and they're going to value him as such, to where he get like a double-double or triple-double per game. But most likely double-double. He's going to be focusing on his rebounding and playmaking and toughness, right? So they're like, we're going to slow roll it. We're going to earn this team. You're going to coagulate together, and then you're just going to flourish. You're just going to exploit Russell Westbrook that PG-13 knew back in OKC. Man. For that team to only go to one finals, make one finals run and lose it, that actually hurts. Because they had a pretty static team. I don't know if people remember. They had Katie, Russ, James Harden. James Harden was a six-man. He was coming off the bench. You got to remember that. They had Serge Ibaka. They had a lot of good guys on there. PG-13. Like, that team was stacked. With Billy Donovan as their head coach. And only one finals appearance. That's actually insane to think about. It's legit insane to think about. So, like, when you're thinking about that on paper, that's a finals competitor. That's a finals team. And they only did it once. Who was that against? Was it against the Spurs? No. Hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Because I know how to be back in 2012. The Heat, yes. Wasn't the Spurs, I'm sorry, it was the Heat. Yeah, that's what LeBron, wasn't it? He had the big free, Chris Bosh, D. Wade, and then if, um, Ray Allen and LeBron James. So, yeah, very interesting. OKC won the first game. Oh, yeah. Then they lost four straight. That's actually brutalizing. Oh, well. They had fun while lasting. They actually had a really good season. They were second. It's just crazy what happens to those teams. Especially when you try building a superstar team. When you try to build like a super team. Just absolutely nuts. But no, uh, main reason behind that was just saying PG-14 and Russ do have experience, but now it's time to have the whole team get experience with Russ and just gel together and make something happen because the Clippers are in a really good spot to go deep into the postseason. They're only in fourth right now. And it's a very tight run. They're in fourth. Suns are in fifth. They're only separated by half a game. Kings are uh, third. That's only separated by a game. And then the Grizzlies are starting to separate themselves. But still, that's only four games. So take that as you will. I find that very interesting. And the Clippers are 6-4 and four in their last 10. Take that as you will. But And I think Russell Westbrook's physical went very well. 
So I could see him either playing on the 24th or 26th. He's getting a little more rest, and he will be fine. Yeah, so Westbrook signed with the Clippers. Pat Bev signed with the Bulls. Wow. Also, I believe it's April 5th. The beginning of April is Lakers versus Clippers. And you best believe that made it be the biggest game of those two teams' season. I'm not kidding you. That's going to be such a good game. I would love it if Russell Westbrook went to the postseason. Lakers didn't make the postseason. And he gets to go deep. And he's able to experience the postseason one more time. Wow. <laughs> LeBron James, AD, and everyone else is sitting at home like, Okay, time to make some more moves. This team stinks. Right? That would just be the greatest moment of my life. Look, I'm trying to hope for a Phoenix Suns championship here. Give me give me some hope here. Ever since the 2021 finals, that actually almost killed me. Anything that has to deal with the Suns ultimately kills me. It just ultimately does. But you know what really killed me? And no, it was not the Heat signing Kevin Love because he's outdated. He has some production left in him. He can be vital, but he's dwindling down. I've never seen a, a worse 34-year-old than him. Anyways, no, it was worse. The All-Star Weekend. Really the All-Star Game. The three-point competition, pretty solid. Um... The dunk contest, okay, Mac McClung. People didn't know who you were at the beginning. I didn't really know who you were. I'm pretty sure I made mention of you at some point in my life. But congrats to you going near perfect. He was point two off from getting all 50s on all of his dunks. And those were all on his first try. So really cool for Mac McClung. I saw all those cool dunks. But nobody really cared because, like, like the All-Star game, the dunk contest is dead. It is straight dead. It's so dead, it's laughable. But we're not talking about, I don't want to talk about the dunk contest right now. I want to talk about the All-Star game. Why do we keep having this by like, being a glorified light blind? Like, why do we have this as a, why, why do we have this like a layup line? Like, why is this a, a layup line? We don't need that. There was, like, no effort. It's just all dunks. It wasn't, like, impressive dunks, either. It was just, like, the standard dunks. It's very frustrating. Like, you had some good moments. You had a handful of good moments. But nothing was good. Like, there was no defense for three-fourths of the game. Well, you know what? For the entirety of the game, there really wasn't because it was a blowout. Team Yaws controlled everything after the first quarter. First quarter was tied 46-46. Then, once you had Tim Kyle winning the third, it was over. So, it was kind of just... I was trying to make the best out of it on social media, posting all the highlights, you know, doing my job and stuff. But, I was so bored. Because it was just a glorified light line. It was a border. It was just glorified light line. That's all it was. Nothing more. Nothing less. 
And I hate saying that, but uh, a lot of you guys, I asked the question, has the All-Star game lost its intensity and is it just a pointless scrimmage game? A lot of you guys responded. 59% of you said yes. 6% of you said no. 24% said get better. And then 11% said it's amazing. How sad do you have to be in your life to say that's amazing? Please tell me someone was just trolling me. Please somebody tell me that these 11% are not idiots and they were just trollers. Somebody please tell me that. If you're someone on this podcast that put in 11%, it's amazing. Please get off of social media. And if you're following me, please don't follow me anymore. Because it wasn't amazing. And I hope you were just trolling me. Because no one's that dumb to think that game was entertaining. When you're watching the highlights and you see, oh, Dame Time calls game. They missed four shots with no defense before they put away the game. Team LeBron wasn't even playing defense anymore. They were just wanting to get that game over with. They were just walking around. And you saw 52 points for Jason Tatum. Like, this is the greatest thing ever. Yeah, it was cool when he caught fire and he wasn't missing. And you saw him and Jalen Brown going back and forth. But that was the most entertaining 10 seconds of my life. Just in that game. Right? Brown vs. Tatum was the show we all wanted to see. But the show that we got was the All-Star Game. And we had like 10 seconds of Brown versus Tatum. And you're like, oh, how about Damian Lillard? He hit it from behind the, beyond half court. Okay. It was no longer even a game. It was no longer fun. It was just guys jacking up shots and just throwing dumb passes. The most entertaining part of the night was the draft. When LeBron... Um... Said Hooker Ludoncic and Giannis Antetokounmpo was just trying to draft John Moran as reserve when he was a full blown starter. And then, yeah, he had to kill Jokic just picking himself. So it was it was tough on a lot of levels, guys. A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of levels. And I'm not trying to be critical here, but the fans, journalists. And players and coaches were coming out. Mike Malone came out and said something. Shea Gilgeoxander came out and said something. Jalen Brown came out and said something. Jalen Brown's like, this is this is not basketball. This is not basketball. Jalen Brown was not holding back any punches when he said, quote, real basketball is different. This was like a layup line. It was just a glorified layup line. We got to figure out how to make the game a little bit more competitive. And quote, the players aren't hiding it. When you're the best in the world, or the perceived best in the world, you have to play like it. And I know, I know that it's always the end of the season. You don't want to hurt yourself. You saw Giannis go down, but he had a pre-existing injury. And you saw LeBron James get hurt, and he had his hand off the rim, but he's fine. Come on. When you're the best in the world, you play as it. When you're in an all-star game, you just didn't get selected just to walk around the court and play no defense and just chuck up pathetic shots and hope that it go in. I'm sorry, I just... 
And when you have people tuning in that are fans, like myself, that want to kick back and relax, watch a game, or sell have to report on that garbage, that's what it was. We have to try to talk about it or try to make it as entertaining as possible for people to tune in. I wish people didn't tune in because it was bad. But when you have people paying for that event and coming to see you watch, and they're watching on TV or in person, doesn't matter, you have to at least put on a show. Just wasn't. Play some defense. Have some effort. Have like some fire in your heart. Be competitive. And there's a lot of people that thought this was bad. The dunk contest is already ruined. If I'm the NBA, you scrap All-Star Weekend. You scrap the All-Star break and do a mid-season tournament. I swear. I swear. This is so bad. And I hate when people are like, Well, maybe they just don't want players getting hurt. Players just don't want to get hurt. Everything about that? You idiot. Sure, I've thought about that. Of course it's all about that. Players don't want to get who wants to get hurt? Who wants to get who wants to get injured? Those aren't fun to deal with. Trust me. I would know. But when you're getting tons of load management off and you are getting paid tons of money, a lot of money, you could be putting that into great trainers, could be putting that into great recovery treatments. What's going on? What's going on? Like, come on. There really should be no excuse for you to play 82 games. Or at least 70 games. I'm just saying, low management has created a lot of interesting players. The whole league has gone soft. I believe that. The All-Star game, that was just a sorry a sack of garbage. I've never felt more embarrassed to ever be talking about an event than that. I just don't want that, and I don't need that. I'd rather not have an all-star break. I'd rather just have nothing like that. I'd rather have no all-star game. Three-point competition, that's the only thing. Besides seeing nasty Julius Irvin, who, or, I'm sorry, um, not Julius Irvin, he's actually good. Uh, Julius Randle. He's he's just he's just ugly. His shot is ugly. He can't shoot a free to save his life. Like if his life was on the line, he's probably dying because he can't make anything. Just I never seen something so wrong before, so bad. I just wanted to punch myself in the face. I got so bored, I started doing marketing plans. Yeah, you know how boring a boring game has to get when you're like, okay, for your company, start doing the marketing plans. There should not be a saw in your head. There should not be an action you're doing when you're watching a game of any sport. So that's where we were at. That's how sad it was. It was getting. Ugh. I I don't know. Like just to recap. It was one of the most pathetic things I ever saw. And none of the guys that were speaking out about it, but they were wrong. They were 100% right. And no one really liked it. No one really liked it. But, uh, it's just sad, you know? 
is absolutely sad. And now, just him, he had a great night, but it's not hard to put up 50-plus points and have a record when no one's playing defense. Right, but... So, real quick, Mike Malone on the All-Star game. Quote, that's the worst basketball game ever played. I don't know if you can fix it. End quote. He's right. He's not wrong. Jalen Brown, that's not basketball. Right, amongst the other things he said. When you have top guys saying that, coaching or playing, it's bad. It is bad. Understand that it's bad. Whatever, though. It was entertaining for the third quarter when we saw Jay's tail light it up. Everything else was straight garbage. Simple as that. And again, I'm not trying to be overcritical of that just that one guy, but a lot of you guys, 58% of you guys, said you hated it. Said you hated it. That's just bad. That's not good. Like, when Sunday's a scrimmage game, you know they're practicing harder in the summer. So, please, spare me the garbage of, well, they have to save their bodies, they have to save their energy, that they would have gone harder if it... Shut up, dude. There's only 24 games left in the season. There's less than 25 games in the season. Come on. Stop it. You're getting a nine-day break on top of it. You're you're just walking. Get paid to walk. Fans only show up just to see a bunch of players just walk and dunk. They weren't good dunks. One-handed dunk and two-handed dunks. Sure, you had like the self-value dunks by James Taylor and LeBron James, but that's at the beginning of the game. But then John Morant. The dunk contest is dead because no athlete, no superstar wants to go compete. Sorry, Mac McClung, but you did not save the All-Star the, uh, all dunk contest. You didn't. You put up one high performance, made people tune in on social media, but you did not save it. That's just my opinion. And with that being said, I am done with that. I'm done talking about the horrific All-Star game. Um, Don't worry, Courtsy's going to be releasing an article very, very soon. I guarantee ya. On the All-Star game because I have more opinions on that. I've I've talked about this before. I have talked about the All-Star competitions before. I, I was about last year's dunk contest. You're like, it can't get worse than this. The only thing redeemable is Mag McClung in the three-point contest. Jericho Simpson was an absolute embarrassment. Just like his career. His... Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to go there with Jericho Sims joke. But anyways, it just gets old after a while. It does. I can't remember. I can't remember the last good... Maybe 2020? I don't know. I just don't know, like, um, maybe, maybe 2020 was good, I don't, I don't know, just, I came out of an article where Obi Toppin, by saying won it all, 
and I asked, campaign describe what we're feeling about the dunk contest. It's just embarrassing after a while. It's just pathetic. But anyways, don't want to keep talking about that. There's no point to keep talking about it. Now I just want to get into our topic of the day, and that is how will Kevin Durant impact the Phoenix Suns? Before you hear my take, I want to read y'all something. This is from Matt Ishbia. And for context, for context, here's the question I asked Matt Ishbia. Quote, do you believe that by getting Kevin Durant, the Suns will have a better win-now opportunity of winning a championship, or will this be a long-term, more next postseason strategy to win a championship? End quote. His response was, quote, Hoping with Kevin on the team, with all, with all of our other great players, we could do great things this year and next and beyond. Excited to have him here, and the whole team is ready to play hard for the rest of the season and compete. So he's looking at this like, hey, we can win a championship now, we can win a championship next season, we can be great. That was always his plan. I love Matt Ishbia. I love what he's doing here in Phoenix. I think that he's going to do great things here in Phoenix. And for the team, and for the community, for the fans, for everything and everyone. So I'm very excited about that. And having Kevin Durant here at the Phoenix Suns works. But it only works if you win a championship either now or next season. You Okay, fine. Sorry. Now, next season, or in free seasons. But that's going to be a complete... Diff a completely different roster coming for each seasons. Because if you look how everything's being played out, Chris Paul doesn't have much time left. Devin Booker's going to be there for a long time. Same with DA. It really comes down to the longevity of Chris Paul and the longevity and health of Kevin Durant. So, how will Kevin Durant impact the Phoenix Suns? I think it's going to impact them very well. The Phoenix Suns are already built. Everyone acknowledges that. Kevin Durant has acknowledged that. Matt H.P. has acknowledged that. James Jones has acknowledged that. Fans of the Suns have acknowledged that. And finally, the media heads, the media talking heads, are talking about the Suns being already built before Kevin Durant. This, this team was good because you're building around it. The only thing where this can impact, where Kevin Durant impacts the Phoenix Suns go wrong, Mikel Bridges. If they don't win a championship come in the next three seasons. Katie needs a new contract. He's playing on one-year deals because he wants to retire soon. Chris Paul is pretty much retired. This team's not rebuilding, but they're reconstructing for a win more of a win-now opportunity. And you see Mikel Bridges going out of his mind. Because he's already putting up big numbers. He's already putting up big numbers. I was fine losing Mikel. I'm sorry, I was fine losing Cam and the picks. I was not fine losing Mikael Bridges. I just want to make that abundantly clear. I love Cam Johnson, but look, Suns weren't going to pay you what you wanted. I think they were stuck on the four-year $72 million. That was the deal they were going with, and that was the deal that they were sticking with for obvious reasons. And when you bound yourself, then when you get injured, and when you're playing like that, it's tough. Don't pull down Schroeder. Should you accept the money? But Kevin Durant is going to impact this team very, very nicely. I think that I think that can be said. I think this team can win a championship. They're built like it. There's Baisley. He's a good addition to the team. A good bench piece. 
This team does have its falls, but it's been gelling very well, and it's been playing. I think the best thing that ever happened to the Phoenix Suns is having no Devin Booker for an entire month, and then involved the injuries. And you're like, why would you say that? That was the worst month, and there was a lot of shredding moments of the Phoenix Suns. But that just proved how tough they were and how willing they were to bow through it all without their star player and without all their different players. And you really had to dig down deep and win it. Now they're in fifth. So now they've built themselves another layer of protection and early defense because they're like, oh, I know how this, I experienced it. I know how this feels. I now know how to counteract that. Let's just do it. They're going into battle, preparing for battle. They're 32 and 28. 73 in their last 10. They're in fifth. A game behind fourth. So when you're really starting to break that down, they could easily be in second no, in no time. And I truly, 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 truly do believe that that can happen. The Phoenix Suns are setting them up for success. They're setting themselves up for success. They're going to take on the Thunder this Friday. They're going to beat them. They're going to take on the Bucks. They're going to beat them. They're going to take on the Hornets. They're going to beat them. They're going to take on the Bulls. Beat them. They're going to take on the Mavericks. Beat them. Then they're Thunder again. Then the Kings. They're going to go on this massive tear again. And then when Kevin Durant joins now in a little bit, your guests are going to have to gel a bit. But I honestly do believe that we're set up for success. This team is built for a championship. This team is built for a championship. And make no mistake, Mikel Bridges, well, I'm going to miss him. The win now opportunities, the win now projections of us winning a championship has skyrocketed tremendously since getting Kevin Durant. It was a big move for us. It was gutsy. We made the right call, I believe. When speaking of a win now, now if you're talking about long term, it's where it's dicey. That's when you look at the future of Mikel Bridges. So, let's just look at it all ways. But overall, I think this was a good, good idea. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to see what Kevin Durant can do. But the impact of Kevin Durant in Phoenix will be a positive. It will not be a negative. And I know people have asked me, have asked others, and will continue to ask others to ask me and just try to speculate and just ponder on all that. Of what I've said, and then what they see. But there's the answer. This how that's how Kevin Durant will impact the Phoenix Suns. Mashby is high on him. Mashby is high on him. He expects them to do great things this year, next year, and beyond. The whole team is ready to play hard for the rest of the season and compete. I can't wait to see the great things that the Phoenix Suns do under Matt Ishbia, continuing under James Jones, continuing under Monty Williams, continuing under the leadership of Chris Paul and Devin Booker. But it just goes to show that Devin Booker, despite the lack of media coverage and how many of those idiots don't take Devin Booker seriously, it goes to show that Devin Booker is that B legendary player where big time players want to play with him. Yeah, Chris Paul, and they have uh, Kevin Durant. And that says a lot. That absolutely says a lot. And you have a new owner that comes in. Mastery is like, I want to come. This was just not an opportunity of, oh, hey, they come on the market. You want to get him? No, he was scouting him. They was scouting the team. 
They know how great this team is. They were pushing it. They got it. This is going to be a great season for the Phoenix Suns. I'm going to tell you that now. I'm going to tell you that now. The Phoenix Suns are in a tremendous situation right here, right now. Do not forget about it. Do not forget about it. The Phoenix Suns are going to be impacted greatly by Kevin Durant, but not as a negative, but as a positive. Kevin Durant, Chris Paul, DeAndre, and Kevin Durant, or Devin Booker, rather, will all be as one. They'll be running as a well-oiled machine. Understand that. There is no confusion. There is no mistake. That is just the absolute truth. That's my truth. That's why I want to believe. And that is what's going to happen. The Suns are going to make the postseason. That's undeniable. The Suns are going to make it past the first round. That's undeniable. Second round, undeniable. They're going to go back to the finals. You know what? They're not compromised. They're actually in a win-now situation that is greater than any other team. Sure, you could be talking about Jokic and uh, Nuggets. You could talk about any team that you want. You talk about the Bucks, or you I don't care what team you talk about. The Suns are set up for a championship. I don't care if they have to go from this eighth seed from the playing tournament. That's not going to happen. I'm just saying they will make it to the finals. That is a guarantee. I don't care about the Nuggets. I don't care about the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies are pathetic. They've just made their lives worse in the West because of John Moran's comments. Still find it very funny. But you get where I'm coming from. The Kings are not a threat to me. They're the Kings. They're, they're meaningless. The Clippers, meaningless. Don't worry. Kawhi and PG-13 just be choking in the, fi- like in, the, in the final game of the biggest series. Who remembers that? Who remembers that? In the bubble against the Nuggets. Remember that. The Suns are going to go to the finals. And then they're going to beat the Celtics in the finals, the Bucks in the finals, the 76ers in the finals, the Cavaliers in the finals, the Nets. I don't care what team it is. I don't care who it is. Don't worry. The Suns will be able to take care of them. We're in the best win-now situation right now. And I can go after analytic, after analytic, data point after data point, bullet point after bullet point. I can say anything. And it's positive about the Phoenix because they're a very positive team. They're a very impactful team. They're a disruptor. And this is a win-now team that plays like a team. All five of them. The bench. This is coming together. This may be the best Suns team we've had for a win-now situation. Because I guarantee, I bet any, I bet you anything, that if we would have Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, DeAndre Yas Antetokounmpo wouldn't be getting that championship ring. It would be us. So think about that. Think about that. Our big four against their big three or big four. If you want to add Bobby Portis or whoever else they had on that team, does not matter. Does not matter. I am excited. Kevin Durant has impacted this team already through the morale of that locker room, and he will impact them on the court. Do not make any mistakes. So with that being said, guys, that's all I got. I hope I answered that question. I hope you guys liked what Matt HBA said about the Phoenix Suns. I am very, very excited, to say the least. I'm very excited. I'm very excited what the Suns have to offer. I'm very excited what we're going to be doing this postseason. 
So that was my uh, feelings about the All-Star Weekend, specifically the game. Dunk contest is relevant, right? Uh, Russell Westbrook to the Clippers, Bulls, Patrick Beverly, Miles Leonard to the Bucks, all that stuff. All that stuff. And guys, with that being said, I hope you have a fantastic day. I'll catch y'all Friday. Catch y'all Friday for the podcast and stream that night. Then we got Saturday 2K and then Saturday podcast, baby. Let's get it going. I'll see y'all next Friday. Enjoy the weather. Enjoy your time. I'll see y'all later. Peace.